Welcome to Span Reads, not your typical rereads podcast, a 17 chart series where we reread the Cosmia and a giant nerds about it. Today, we will be talking about Hero of Ages in the context of the Cosmia. Joining me is Mish. Also, first Rainbow Rose. Also, joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm Rear Rider. And Matt. I'm Comatose on the forums and Discord. Also, Rosemary. Hi, I'm K Myth. And Katie. Hello, I'm Aonine. And I'm Jessie or Lady Lameness. The spoiler policy for today will be full spoilers for all of the Cosmere up to the release of Rhythm of War. That's the last book we've had. If you've got information after Rhythm of War, lucky you. We don't have it yet. But that is where we will be going up to today. Hello from the past, if that's the case. Hello from the past. So first off, I want to say... I didn't realize that Milan was in Hero of Ages. I always forget. I was like, she was an iconoclast from from the youngest baby Milan era. She has always been pushing the Condra envelope of what is appropriate. And it's just so interesting to see her in her baby form here and compare her to which becomes an era two. Is this just like appropriate? What's that? Yeah, I love no. that her and her friends are like the Contra equivalent of hipsters. Yes. Like, <laughs> I, I, I say more like punks because hipsters aren't, aren't I, I think they're just more like iconoclastic punks. They're just like, yeah, we're going to push the envelope because hipsters are like, I liked it before it was cool. And they're like, we don't, what, I, what's I, cool? We're just. I don't know. I, I kind of see hipsters and punk as. T- two of the same thing in different eras with slightly different crowds like like they're they're scenesters like they're on the like cutting edge of like chandra ness um so yeah um, and, and milan is one of the best characters in the cosmere again oh she is 100 percent. Um, just seeing her origins again is so much fun mm-hmm. And I, it was, it's so funny reading this and remembering how little we had, because I remember even like when I first read this, it was like, I want more of her. Like, she's not in it much. Um, mm. And that's why, like, I was so excited when she popped up in Era 2. Mm-hmm. But um, she she made a decent impression even, even in these books. Speaking of, like, wider Cosmere implications, like, this is kind of the first book that, gave us wider Cosmere yeah. implications. Like it's the Absolutely. first mention of Adenalsium. It's like the yeah. first one that really starts to dig into the shards. Um I mentioned like the nature of the three realms. Like and and the, the whole thing's 16. There are 16 shards. We don't know it yet in these books, but mm-hmm. that's how many there are. My my favorite thing about the introduction of Adenalsium is mm-hmm. in the original print, it's mentioned once in the book and it's misspelled. <laughs> My copy still has that and I'm reading the 10 year anniversary edition. Yeah, which is... Oh, but it's the UK 10, ten year yeah, anniversary UK, edition. Yeah, UK mm-hmm. 10 year. But it still has that misprint that hasn't been fixed. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to flip through it and find it and I can't, but it's like Adenatin... Missing, missing the L. Missing the L. Yeah. And doesn't it have an I instead of an L? I don't like a lowercase I? It's like Adenasium? Which would kind of make... Because that's how I remember saying it and spelling it all the time. 
because I remember it being, I was, I had that stuck in my head because Adonai, spelled A-D-O-N-A-I, is um, the word, is it Hebrew for Lord, I think? Um, yeah. Which is, um, I'm assuming, and it's like a common word used in Hebrew for like a, a god or a deity. So I'm assuming that's kind of the root Brandon was maybe using for adenalsium. Mm -hmm. um and maybe yeah Caesar learns to spell it by whenever he next put it in in like oathbringer or, <laughs> or whatever well i think it got corrected at some point no okay. yeah it did like yeah. my edition has it corrected but i don't want to dive into it too much because i think it's better for our secret history episode but it was fun reading this after having read secret history and seeing all the different times where it's you know, where you're like, oh, it's Kelsier. Oh, it's Ruin. Oh, it's Kelsier. Oh, it's Ruin. Yeah, Kelsier's fingerprints are all over this book. You just don't know it until you get to Sacred History. Yeah, though, like we knew like a couple of them, like because of the annotations, like mm -hmm. we knew that like, like when spook wakes up like that was actually kelsier and we know that um it's actually kelsier's voice like um right before vin ascends is like like giving the like this the mist like giving you power which like graphic audio like does that in kelsier's voice and which like it's so good so good a um, quote that i really liked um was when Vin is chasing the Mistborn in Phaedric City, and if I remember correctly, that's actually Kelsier because it's just after she's been scared away from Hoyd. Sometimes the first time it is. Yeah, the first time. It, this is the, and then Ruin impersonates yeah. him later. The, the first time is Kelsier, and she makes a comment about how they're good without being excellent, which I just thought was <gasps> so funny. <laughs> well, doesn't she also comment on the fact that it reminds her of early days of training with Kelsier. I can't remember. You might. I don't remember. Kelsier might have made that comment. Well, and then, I like, Secret History recontextualizes a lot that yeah. didn't make... It fixes some of the parts that didn't work in Hero of Ages. Like, and there are little things. Like, this is a great book. But, like, mm -hmm. Vin's random feeling that, like, oh, I shouldn't go talk with Hoyd. Which, to be fair, like, Vin is a gut person. Like, that's not super out of character. But knowing that Kelsier it, was like, no, 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 no. That guy's bad news. Don't talk to him. But it's never explained um, in Hero of Ages. So you're kind of no. left wanting. Exactly. The funniest part about that is it really wouldn't have been a bad thing for her to talk to Hoyd. It would have been fine. Kelsier just doesn't like him. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. Hoyd beat him up. Like... <laughs> So honestly, Kelsier had that coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, by, by like, Hoyd couldn't do anything to hurt Finn because that's yeah. his nature. Yeah. And he probably would have actively tried to help and he might have had some tidbit of information they wound up having to get someplace else. He was there ready to give her the info, whatever info he had, and then mm -hmm. Kelsier ruined it. Yeah, that's Although, probably wh why he's there in the first place. It's like, whatever fortune manipulations he does, he has, like, oh, I need to be in that point, likely to give Vin 
some information, but like it just didn't happen. Like I, a, the, a missed point of providence. There we go. Now I have a question to ask Brandon because this is random. What like, information would Hoyt have given yes. had yes. she talked to him? Some, Next time there's a Q&A, I plan on asking that because I wanted yeah. to. That is an excellent question. question. I'm kind of wondering though, like the thing is like Hoyt on Scadriel is a lot more self in like it seems like he's more like on his own like i'm doing my own thing and that's why he's more in the background like he doesn't take as active a role as he does in stormlight and i wonder if part of that is we know like i don't really see hoyd necessarily being super worried about ruin like rampaging the cosmere whereas like hoyd hates odium right like he is actively like helping the heroes to like thwart odium and doing everything he can whereas here sometimes it feels like he's just kind of there doing his own thing and yeah maybe he doesn't want scadriel to be destroyed but i I don't know i've never gotten the vibe that hoyd was like super invested in in saving the day in these books like he is in stormlight archive it's yeah, all but... about his quest for instant noodles. <laughs> he wants he wants Scadriel to give him his damn noodles. Yeah, like I guess that also goes into the fact that like Ruin isn't as scary of a shard as Odium is, which is like just looking at them like, oh, like this is the sh- um, shard of hatred. This is the shard of like the end of all things, destruction <laughs> incarnate. Odium way scarier as a threat. Like it, it, it's it's like interesting dichotomy of like yeah. You know, no, like, normally you wouldn't are, see it that way, or at least I wouldn't. Yeah. Normally, I'd say, oh, hatred is bad. Yes, but like the actual personification of ruin is horrible. And I love that Brandon kind of flips that on its head and makes it so mm-hmm. that odium is the bigger bad. I think a piece of this is probably the the vessels, the holders, because Odium was like on board with Odium from the beginning, and whereas Aki was, was a kind and gentle man. Yeah, he, he was slowly subsumed. He fought his shards' intent until it ate him. Yeah, and it's like, but like he definitely shaped it to be like I am like an expression of natural forces. Like there is no malice to ruin. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Odium is nothing but malice. Yeah. Whereas, like, another person, like, there could be a malicious ruin. Like, yeah. They could have, like, expressed the intent in a slightly more sinister way. I remember when I first read this book being like, he's being so specific with the descriptions of. Uh, the body that fell after preservation died and then the body that fell after ruin died. And I was like, are these supposed to be like cameos or something? And I was trying to figure it out. And for a while I was like, oh, like, cause Ati has red hair. I was like, is that supposed to be Rand? Cause I had, you, you know, cause I knew Brandon loved Wheel of Time and I'm like, okay, like maybe this is like a, a Wheel of Time reference. But, they are cameos, but they're of characters that he hasn't written the original stories for yet. Exactly. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he talks about Lyris having like a prominent nose and dark hair, I think. And yeah, mm-hmm. like it's just it's very like specific. 
Like he doesn't just say a body fell from the sky, which he could have done. He's, yeah. So he obviously knows somewhat who these people are and what they look like. Um, if no one else has anything else to say on that. I have a new <laughs> thing. Sure. Yeah. With the context of Era 2, I want to make a comparison. Because mm-hmm. I often see people joking about how, like, in the second book of Eras 1 and 2, there's a who's the Kandra spy plotline. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. But there's there's a specific plot beat in books three of both of those series, uh, Hero of Ages, this one, and Bands of Mourning, that I haven't seen people mention before, personally. Which is the, like, kind of a noble keep infiltration by a couple, where the main character and their romantic partner go to a party that's being held by an enemy of theirs and infiltrate it. And one of them is like, okay, I'll cause a distraction. The other one's like, okay, I'll go off and do our thing. And then the person who goes off and does stuff ends up getting into a trap that was specifically planned from the beginning to trap them. The new Saren arc, now that you say that, definitely has Fadrek's arc vibes in Mm -hmm. general. Like there's a similar feel for sure. Wax comes out of that a lot better than Vin did. Yeah, yeah, that too. That's true. Yeah. The, the other thing that's similar, I just realized, is we get the Bands of Mourning at the end of Bands of Mourning, and you have a super-powered Alamancer, um, and mm. Hero of Ages also ends with a super-powered Alamancer. A, a third thing is that <laughs> both things have, like, a god appearing to somebody at their lowest moment and like oh. giving them like the will to continue and save the day. No, or at least it, save part of the day. But but Sezed won't do the interpretive dancing that, that Laris no. did. Yeah. I always think of there's this game we play sometimes. Um it's kind of like a charades game, but it gets harder every time, but you're using the same clues so you know what pool oh, to I, pick Yeah, up. I know that game. I've, the, I've lost the name. The last level of it, though, is sh- charades. You can't talk, and you're under a blanket. And hey, the blanket is new. Yeah. Oh well, I've seen a couple different versions, but so there's one level that I've played where you have to do charades under a blanket, and I always think of that when I read preservation scene of like. <laughs> because <laughs> he's like, not only is he doing charades, he can't talk. He's made of mist. Which I can't imagine <laughs> makes like it a, easier. We miss out on like the facial expression of him being yeah. just like, I'm like, mm. yeah. <laughs> and we know from secret <laughs> history that, that at that point, fu- like Lyris Fuzz, even like in the cognitive realm, is starting to like, mm-hmm. like puff away and be less less distinct. I'm really excited to reread. Um, secret history mm-hmm. yeah another thing i want to touch on that i haven't gotten to the chance to talk to on shardcast is the dichotomy of ruin and preservation like of their investors because like we know that they are the most diametrically opposed shards it's like like they're, they're the only like perfect set of opposites and when so far like no brennan has explicitly said they're the most 
like of Balanced. any of them none of them have a perfect opposite bar none um and as of, which which makes sense like and as mm-hmm. of rhythm of war how many like we know most of the shards so we know 14 of 16 14 yeah so and the ones we know at least it's hard to know how the intents are being interpreted like mm-hmm. but yeah like we don't like whimsy doesn't have like a clear yeah. opposite yeah you it's know? like you, you can't get more opposed than change and not change but like as we see like when like vin like gives um ruin a kamikaze hug and just like murders both of them in like one go um that like like when used in opposition like they do kind of they don't mix well and like they kind of annihilate each other like that's kind of like how that whole process worked which is interesting in terms of like the light anti-light light um investiture anti-investiture dichotomy it's just like how similar is like ruin and preservation interacting with what happens there well it's an answer we don't have yet but it's like it's it's in my brain and it's interesting you say that because brandon has had wobs about how harmonium or et metal or whatever you want to call it is really unstable. Mm-hmm. Um, which also kind of reminds me about like Navani and um, uh, Rabonial's experiments with mm-hmm. the light and anti-light. So that, that's, that's kind of, it's amazing mm-hmm. how far we've come Cosmere wise since this book, when this book was like, well, like Rhythm of War was a big like Cosmere lore drop book. Like the stuff Brandon was giving away about the Cosmere was kind of like blowing my mind every chapter. And like this is the last time I felt like that, like reading Rhythm of War, I feel like. Because like this book, I was just like, mm-hmm. my mind is being blown. <laughs> if you want an amusing blast from the past, go look up the... Q&A with Brandon after the book was released on the Time Wasters Guide. Yeah. And all of the questions that we asked, those were oh, we were baby cosmonauts. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it, like this episode is a little hard because like this book is so foundational that it, it's like mm-hmm. it's hard to get back to it because it's like there's just like a wealth of inf- um information like where we are and like where this book is yeah like the concept of shards Mm -hmm. like well and like we didn't know that all shards weren't like Mm -hmm. for so i think a lot of like the fandom theories were so shaped by this book because Mm -hmm. ruin and preservation are the first shards we saw in detail Mm -hmm. um and both working right like in the other books even when we didn't know there were shards there, the shards that were there were like shattered or or not working mm-hmm. as well. Um, and, and so mm-hmm. it's uh, and what you said about um, them mixing is interesting to me because in Secret History they mention that it looks like Ruin is trying to shatter preservation, but like he doesn't quite know how. Like he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike Odium, 
And I wonder if part of that is it would be harder for Ruin to shatter preservation because of how like opposed they are. Um, well, that, and the, the po- that point also, you still have Laris's cognitive shadow directing things. It isn't until Laris that finally dies, the final death, <laughs> that that Ruin rushes in to try to shatter it, and then Kelsier says, "Nope." I'm going to pick it up. But the, I don't know. Maybe I was reading too much into this, but the sense I got is like odium in that situation could have shattered preservation. And that yeah. it was either like Ruins wasn't doing it efficiently or because he didn't know or something I, else. I think play. like because it's Chris that's commenting on it. And yeah. it's like, we'll have this conversation again like in our secret history episode yeah. i guess yeah uh, it's also but, hard to talk about this book without talking about hi- secret history now yeah because like <laughs> i believe like chris's comment was like that ruin doesn't know how to splinter mm-hmm. a shard yeah so it's like i think it's a knowledge problem but yeah. like i have like, done it a few times and he screwed it up a few times mm-hmm. um and <laughs> He's gotten better at it. I would wonder whether Ruin would have more of an advantage or disadvantage trying to um, splinter preservation because they are so diametrically opposed. I wonder how that would play Mm -hmm. into things. How much would it hurt Ruin to dig in hard enough to actually splinter him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or or even from a knowledge perspective... Like I kind of think about how they're the the metal blindness blinds them both. Like, what if mm-hmm. because they're so opposed, they kind of blind each other a little bit? So it even might be harder for Ruin to learn how to shatter. Like, like because it's so hard for him to even know preservation mm-hmm. that like obtaining that knowledge about preservation might be hard. I don't know. This is getting mm-hmm. into like crazy realmatic shard stuff so it's yeah hard to (laughs) it's amazing how much we still don't know and understand it's like the more we know the less we know it's amazing makes me wish that i was around in those earlier days when books were just coming out and that i could have been here talking about things then instead Mm -hmm. of coming in after oathbringer when we already knew a lot we're still babies, though. Oh yeah, because <laughs> like I, think I remember... we'll look back on this in ten years and yeah. be like, "Oh, you sweet summer children, <laughs> you didn't have back five of stormlight." <laughs> yeah, because like I can remember because when I joined, it's like I know Warbreaker was already out, and like um, Way of Kings might have already been um, been out, but like the Cosmere like really wasn't as well known like as it is now like it was still like very much cameos to the point where like i i heard about like the cosmere and i'm like that sounds fake like like these worlds like look nothing like each other it's like they can't be connected like and i i'm i'm a fool like i am so wrong and now i'm like i see the connection everywhere (laughs) well and that's so funny how like the cosmere context has changed because yeah like you look from like an aesthetic or casual perspective and the final empire looks nothing like um, Roshar and mm. both of them don't look like um, the Elantris world at all. Right. But mm-hmm. 
we're so trained in like Cosmere lore that it's like, oh, but you boil it down to like intent and investiture. And mm-hmm. it's really all the same with different expressions. Um, <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's just kind of funny. And I'm sure there are things coming down the pipeline that are going to blow our minds. Hopefully. Okay, well, thank you for watching, everyone. You can find us at 17shard.com for your news, discussion, theories, and fun that you could ever want. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud. You can leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, and also support us on Patreon. See you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.